Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. This time I'll give you the title of my message to start with. Um, the, the title is Seven Attributes of Effective Seekers. Several Sundays ago we studied Jeroboam and how he brought trouble on himself by discarding, you might say, God's promises. One of the little tidbits of information about that story that I overlooked, I didn't tell you, was that when he set up those false idols in Israel, uh, some of the people in Israel picked up their belongings and left. Uh, the Levites did, for one, but also another group of people picked up their belongings and moved to Judah. And here's how the Bible describes these other people who were different from everyone else who stayed behind. 2 Chronicles 11, And those who had set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel came after them, came after the Levites, is what it's saying, from all the tribes of Israel to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord, the God of their fathers. That verse uh, really kind of caught my attention because it's talking about a group of people who in a, in a time of apostasy had their hearts set on seeking God. What does it mean to seek God? What does it mean to set your heart to seek God? We're going to look at, at two Old Testament accounts this morning that I think will help us answer that question, or at least answer it partly. Uh, these accounts come from the lives of King Asa and King Jehoshaphat. And... Um, as I was studying their lives, Asa and Jehoshaphat, I was struck by how often the phrase seeking God or sought God or something similar, how often that occurs in their stories. And so I, I kind of made that the focus. What we're going to do this morning is we'll skim over these stories fairly quickly about Asa and Jehoshaphat. I'm not covering everything from their lives, but a few parts. And then we'll study some of the attributes that we see in these men. So maybe if you could flip to 2 Chronicles chapter 14 would be a good place to start. And I would encourage you to follow along your Bibles as much as you can this morning, and especially take note of the verses that talk about seeking God. Now, I'll be summarizing parts and reading parts. So this, I don't know, it might be a little challenging to, to keep up, but I'll try to um, uh, help you navigate through these passages. 2 Chronicles 14 Asa, the king of Judah, was Rehoboam's grandson. And one of the first things it says about Asa was that he did what was good and right and took away foreign altars and commanded Judah to seek the Lord. And for ten years, it says, they had rest from their enemies and Asa gave God the credit. He told Judah, the land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us peace on every side. Now, I don't know how long after that, um, after he made that statement, that this fellow Zerah the Ethiopian showed up. We don't know much about Zerah. Um, all we know is he had a very large army, and for the purpose of this story, that's kind of all that matters. Verse 9 of 2 Chronicles 14. Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men, 
and 300 chariots and came as far as Moresha. And Asa went out to meet him. And they drew up their lines of battle in the valley of Zephatha at Moresha. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar, and the Ethiopians fell until none remained alive, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. Now let's jump to the next chapter, chapter 15. On returning from this battle, Asa is met by a fellow named Azariah, a prophet, who has a challenge for him from God. Second Chronicles 15, verse 2. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Azariah goes on to say in verse 7, Take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your works shall be rewarded. A little bit of encouragement that kind of fits us as we're about ready for this week of Bible school. Well, Asa accepted the challenge. It says that he took courage in verse 8, and he responded by getting rid of the idols from the lands of Judah and Benjamin and repaired the altar of the Lord. But he, Asa is not done praising God for the uh, miraculous rescue from the Ethiopian horde. And... Um, so he's, he's going to finish praising God and he's going to do it with others. It says that he gathered all the people together in Jerusalem. And in verse 11, they sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil that they had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. But that whoever would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, should be put to death. Whether young or old, man or woman, they swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with horns. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire, and he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. Now Asa was an effective seeker. Jehoshaphat was Asa's son. He was also a seeker. How did he behave? Now let's move to 2 Chronicles 17. Jehoshaphat started his reign by following his father's wise choices and by seeking God. In 2 Chronicles 17, verses 3 and 4, it says, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments. And verse 6 says, his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat says that he sent teachers throughout Judah teaching the law and the fear of the Lord, verse 10, 
The fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the land that were around Judah, and they made no war against Jehoshaphat. In fact, the, the Philistines and the Arabians even brought him tribute. Later on, Jehoshaphat again sent teachers throughout Judah. It says he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Now I'm going to jump forward to 2 Chronicles 20, and we're skipping over some passages that talk about Jehoshaphat's alliance with Ahab, which he was rebuked for. And um, 2 Chronicles verse 20 is where I'm picking up. Verse 1, Jehoshaphat has trouble also, like Asa did. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Maonites, not Mennonites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, and Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And in verse 5 it says, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord, and he praised this beautiful, worshipful prayer, which I won't read except for the end, which is this. This is how he finishes his prayer. We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It, it says that all Judah stood there before the Lord with their little ones and wives and children, which must have been quite a scene, quite everyone from oldest to youngest. Now, sometimes God responds to prayers very quickly, Lots of times, seems like he doesn't. Um, but in this case, he responded quite quickly. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man named Jehaziel, and he had a very encouraging message from God. He said um, this. Well, I'll just also make this comment that you know, a lot of times when we're, we're seeking God, I think he responds by giving us grace or wisdom or, or strength that we need to deal with the problem. I think that's often how he responds. Other times, he just takes care of it, which is kind of what we were hoping for usually. And, and that's what he does here. Jehaziel says, Listen, all Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. It's our favorite kind of battle. Usually we do have to fight, though. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. And then in verse 18 it says, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They got up early the next, the next day. <clears throat> they went out to face the enemy. Jehoshaphat had appointed singers to go in front of the army, uh, singing, interesting touch. And, and while they are singing, God goes to work, 
and causes, it says that he laid an ambush. Um, I don't know exactly what that means, but there was infighting in the, in, the, um, in the enemy army. They started fighting each other. By the time Jehoshaphat and his army arrived, there were only dead bodies and loot. And they collect some of that, and they go back to Jerusalem rejoicing. And it says in verse 30, So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. So just kind of recap so you can keep these stories straight in your mind. Asa sought God, and God delivered him from the Ethiopians. Jehoshaphat sought God, and God delivered him from the Ammonites and the Moabites. I've picked out um, seven attributes, uh, mainly from these men's uh, accounts, that I believe are the attributes of effective seekers. Seven attributes of effective seekers. Seek God or salt God occurs about uh, ten times in those accounts. And Jehoshaphat and Asa, Asa for most of his life, were effective seekers. How did they behave? You know, when I think about seeking God, I usually think about something kind of like what Derek mentioned this morning. Maybe sitting on my... Uh, my deck on a, in the morning with a cup of coffee and my study Bible, and if I'm lucky, maybe a Krispy Kreme donut or something down that line. That's kind of where my mind goes when I think about seeking God. That is, that's definitely part of it. Uh, but it is actually, I think, a fairly incomplete picture of what it means to seek God effectively. I in, in no way mean to downplay the importance of of quiet time with God, because I believe that is a key element of seeking God. But I guess what I want to say is that all by itself, all on its own, it doesn't make you an effective seeker. It doesn't. So here are seven attributes that I've picked out. And I would just say that if, um, if you see any of these attributes missing or weak in your life, um, then you need to think about how you can grow in these areas. Effective seekers, to start with, are inquiring. Effective seekers are inquiring of God. The Hebrew word that is translated seek can also be translated inquire. In fact, in Second Chronicles 20, verse 3, which in the ESV, which I was reading, says, Jehoshaphat set his face to seek the Lord. In the NIV, it says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And in the prayer that follows, he prays like this. We do not know what to do. In other words, I'm looking for direction here. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Because the word seek can be translated inquire, it's basically part of the definition. Effective seekers are inquiring of God. They, they look to God for direction. How interested are you in knowing what God wants from you? The second attribute of effective seekers are that they are reliant. They rely on God. They have come to grips with the fact that God is almighty. 
and they need help. When the Ethiopian army came, Asa said, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us. We rely on you. When Jehoshaphat was faced with the, with the uh, Moabites and the Ammonites, he cried out to God and said, we are powerless against this great horde. Was he really powerless? I mean, didn't he have an army of his own? Sure he did. But when you look to God, you recognize ultimately it's, it's up to God. We're powerless. Those are the words of an effective seeker. They know they need God. And they give him credit when things go well. They know that God is the giver of good things. Like uh, very early on in, in, the, in the first account, Asa told Judah, the land is still ours because we've sought the Lord. We've sought him. He has given us peace on every side. So as, as we rely on God, we're, we're constantly looking to him for help. And, and we're also giving him credit and thanking him when things go well. Effective seekers are reliant on God. Do you realize that you are powerless and all good things come from God? Effective seekers, third attribute. Effective seekers are courageous. It takes courage um, to seek God. Not because God is scary, but because we have an enemy that is opposed to what we're trying to do, for one thing. But maybe even more to the point, because seeking God requires us to make ourselves second. That takes courage. When Azariah the prophet gave that challenge to Asa and said, if you seek him, he will be found by you, he finished with, but you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And Asa took courage, it says, and he got busy, and he put away detestable idols. He repaired the altar of the Lord, and maybe this is what took the most courage. He had his mom deposed as queen and ruined her handmade idol. Josephat was also a brave man. In 2 Chronicles 17, soon after we're told that he sought the God of his father, in verse 6 it says, his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And furthermore, he took the high places and the ashram out of Judah. If you want to be an effective seeker, you're going to have to find courage. Now, let me tell you one of the things that helps me when I'm struggling with courage, which is often, um, and this is going to sound simple, but it, it actually works for me sometimes at least. Um, the trick is to stop asking yourself the question, what's going to happen if this happens? What's going to go wrong? Stop asking that question and instead ask the question, is, is this the right thing for me to do? Is, is this what I should do? Is, is this what God wants me to do? It sounds kind of simple, but it has actually made a difference for me sometimes because when I can, when I can actually decide in my mind this, this is the right thing to do, then it's, it's easier to just kind of not worry so much about the outcomes because God is probably going to work that out. Effective seekers are courageous for God. Are you? Or do you often not do things for God because you're scared? 
fourth attribute of effective seekers are that, is that they are worshipers of God. You'll notice that even as Asa was, was crying out to God for help, he, he was doing it in a, in a very worshipful way. He said, O oh Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. And then after that victory over the Ethiopians, when, when Asa brought the people from Judah together and they entered this covenant to seek the Lord, it says, they sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil. They had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. Jehoshaphat, his prayer in the time of crisis is, is quite beautiful and is worshipful. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in the heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. And in that, it wasn't a battle, but the, um, the participation, Jehoshaphat's army participated, I guess. In, in that army, the singers were out front singing, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And after the Ammonites and the Moabites destroyed each other, they gathered in Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. That's the behavior of people who are seeking God. They worship God. They're worshipers. Do you go out of your way to worship God? Fifth attribute is effective seekers are obedient. They get rid of sin. Azariah told Asa that he needed to seek God. Asa responds, next thing he does in the next verse is, He's destroying more idols. Jehoshaphat, it says, he did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments. I think in the last week, uh, I kind of got obsessed with the word seek in the Bible. And I think I looked at, at about every word that talks about seeking, not every word, every verse that talks about seeking God or sought God. And many of them, in the same breath, talk about obeying God or turning from sin. They go hand in hand. I'll give you some examples here. Quite a few examples. Psalm 24, verses 3, three through 6. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, Selah. Isaiah 51, verse 1. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. I need a tissue. Someone arrange that for me. Sorry for the interruption. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Verse 10, Psalm 119, verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. 
Toilet paper is fine. <laughs> James 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hosea 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord that He may come and rain righteousness upon you. Okay, we're going through verses that connect seeking God with obeying Him and turning from sin. Sorry for the interruption. Zephaniah 2, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, who do His just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. And there's a couple others I did not read. Seeking God is is impossible outside of, of, of obeying Him. I, I think it really is impossible to see God without turning from sin. I get the impression that if I traveled back to the Old Testament uh, days and, and, and met a fellow on the, on the streets of Jerusalem who was a sinner and persuaded him that we need to seek the Lord, I think one of the first things he would say would be, well, I've got some idols I need to get rid of because it, it, so often it's, they sought God and they got rid of their idols. They turned away from their sin. You can't be seeking God while you are putting up with sin in your life. If you're tolerating sin, you might as well cancel the prayer walk. Effective seekers are obedient. Are you putting up with sin or are you obedient? The sixth attribute of effective seekers, they are concerned about others. They aren't just concerned about themselves and no one else. It's not just them and God. It's also others. Um, you, you remember that Asa commanded Judah to seek God and keep his commandments. And he brought them all together and they made that covenant all together. Seeking God is not something you need to keep to yourself. Jehoshaphat followed in his dad's footsteps in this way by sending out teachers throughout Judah twice to teach them about what it means to serve God. Seekers are, are naturally concerned about the condition of others. Um, and I think the reason is because seekers care about what God cares about. They want others to join them. They want others to turn from sin. And, and they also don't want their fellowship to be affected by sin within it. That was one of the things Jehoshaphat was, was worried about when he appointed judges. He, he challenged them to be fair so that they do not incur guilt on the kingdom. Would you agree with this statement that as brothers and sisters, our responsibility to each other is probably equal or greater than Jehoshaphat's responsibility for the people in his kingdom? I think that's probably true. Effective seekers are concerned about others. Are you spiritually involved in the lives of others? And here's the seventh 
attribute, the one that kind of drives all the others. Effective seekers are wholehearted. They are wholehearted. On the inside, a, a seeker has resolved to, to draw near to God. In what we have recorded about Jehoshaphat, it says twice that he set his heart to seek God. Uh, David uses similar words in 1 Chronicles 22 where he's giving advice to his son Solomon. He says, now set your mind and your heart to seek the Lord your God. Seeking God is not just someone going through the forms. It is someone who is um, being driven by an inner persuasion and has set his heart to seek God. He has an inner resolve. Only those who are wholehearted are effective in seeking God. In Deuteronomy 4.29, this is a very familiar verse, Moses is telling his, pe- his people what will happen if they disobey God and they're punished and set into exile. He extends this verse of hope to them. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search after Him with all your heart and with all your soul. We have very similar words in Jeremiah 29 where God says what will happen after 70 years of exile. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So if you are searching for God half-heartedly, it sounds like you're not going to be successful. A few weeks ago, or maybe it's a month and a half ago, I was on a wholehearted search um, for my office key because I'd lost it, and if I didn't find it, $50 was going to come out of my paycheck at some point. So I searched high and low, and I went through my pockets probably about 50 times. I went back out to the van. I went through the van. I took the van back to Home Depot where I had gone over lunch to see if I had dropped it in the parking lot. I left them my information if someone found it. I did a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do because I was wholeheartedly searching for my office key. Nothing could distract me from that. It was of utmost importance because I could feel that $50 leaving my wallet. Seekers are wholehearted. They, they search wholeheartedly. They're not distracted easily. And they will do, thing, they will do whatever it takes. Um, now, the illustration that I just gave you is actually a pretty bad one because um, I didn't actually find my key until I gave up. Um, I, 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 was, I was back at my office door. I was on the phone talking to the Liberty University Police Department because they were going to have to come unlock my office for me. And I was reading off the room number and I looked down at the lock and there was the key in the lock. So I had wasted a good hour uh, looking for something that I, I, I still don't know what happened, but there it was. But wholehearted seeking of God is not a waste because it will be rewarded and there aren't any shortcuts. Giving up will not, will not work. An effective seeker is wholehearted. They are bound and determined to please God and 
to know what God wants from them. And because they are wholehearted, uh, they do things that others might say are a little above and beyond what is necessary. I mean, Asa, did you really need to sacrifice 7,000 sheep? Um, you know, those could have been sold, the money given to the poor. Now, that kind of makes Asa sound like Mary, another effective seeker when she broke that alabaster box. Jehoshaphat, did you really need to proclaim a fast all throughout Judah? Isn't that a bit extreme? David was an effective seeker. In one case, he sought God earnestly, and God did not answer his request. But we can still learn from what he did, how he sought God. In 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 16, And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. Solomon, another successful seeker, offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar at Gibeon. Now it doesn't, it's unclear what the time frame was, how long that took, or if that was over some period of time. Solomon, was that really necessary? I mean, a thousand? Sounds a bit extreme. But he knew he needed God's help. And he found God. God gave him wisdom. Effective seekers sometimes act a little extreme. Do you? Are you uh, so practical that it's hard to even fast? Those are the seven attributes of effective seekers. What's the outcome? What's the outcome of seeking God? What's the point? In, in these accounts, we see three things. One is rest. In a very concrete sense, the kingdoms of Asa and Jehoshaphat experienced rest most of the time, not the whole time. After Judah's commitment to seek God, it says he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around. After Jehoshaphat's victory, it says, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for as God gave him rest all around. And spiritually, we get the same kind of rest to, uh, that God offers to those who labor and are heavy laden. Rest is one. Another is confidence. Bad things still happen to seekers, but in times of trouble, they can, they can hope in God and find confidence in God because they're seeking God. If you're an effective seeker, you can say what Asa said when, uh, when he was facing that Ethiopian army. Asa said to God, we rely on you and in your name we have come. Now, if you're on a trip, and the goal of the trip was not meeting God, you don't really get to say, in your name we have come, <clears throat> if you happen to run into trouble along the way. But if the point of the journey is God, then you can say, in your name we have come. You have confidence in whatever you're facing. And then finally, you, you will have victory. The Ethiopian army was broken before the Lord and his army. And when, you're, when you've been seeking God and relying on him, when the battle comes, it's really not your battle. As, Jehos uh, as um, now I'm forgetting which, which prophet it was, Jehaziel told Jehos Jehoshaphat, no, it was Jehoshaphat to his army, stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord. Rest, confidence, and victory are the outcomes of seeking and finding. Um, seeking God is not something you do just once. 
and then you're done. Uh, And unfortunately, a heart that seeks God is not beyond changing. Asa, at one point in his his life, is described as being wholly true. Later, he quit. He stopped relying on God. He was rebuked by the prophet Hanani. He gets angry with the prophet. He puts him in stocks. And it says that he began to be cruel to some of his people at that time. And when he became very sick, he refused to seek God. It's very sad, but it's a reality that a heart that seeks God is not to be taken for granted in our lives or in the lives of others. It needs to be cultivated constantly. And the point of seeking God is is not some mystical experience. It's not really meeting God on a mountain somewhere. It's aligning yourself with God, figuring out what He wants from you, and doing it. So in conclusion, effective seekers are inquiring of God, they're reliant on God, they're courageous for God, they're worshipers of God, they're obedient to God, they're concerned about others, and they're wholehearted in their desire for God, and they find God. God bless you.